0: Welcome to The Woodshed. It's a podcast about music. Musicians talking about music, their music specifically, making music, playing music, writing music, recording music. It's all music. That's what we got going on. Got an exciting guest, Fritz Hager from American Idol Season 20. If you don't watch American Idol, you probably should because it's cool. I mean, you might not. I don't know what your likes are. doesn't matter, but I like it. <laughs> so we're going to talk with Fritz. He's great. Good energy, young man. Very talented young man, as a as a matter of fact. Uh, I want to thank Royal Coffee Roasting in Medford and Las Vegas and Salt Lake City and Boise, Idaho. Yummy coffee. I've been drinking the jackpot lately. It's really tasty. Um, yeah. If you haven't had it, go get it. Make it at home. Buy some at the drive up if you're in Medford. Buy some online. Links are in the show notes, okay? Just do the thing with the stuff. As I say all the time, um, also want to thank a look design. Sasha's currently working on a new logo for me. Very excited to see what she's come up with. I've got a specific request for a color change, and we're doing it hopefully soon, if not already. I don't know, but um, anyway, I want to thank them. And Moxley Media, you know, Moxley, is always doing my print stuff. He made my Most Pallone T-shirts, and uh, we gave one to Arlen McKinley. Hopefully he likes it. But um, in the meantime, let's bring on Fritz Hager from American Idol. Let's talk to him. He's a nice young guy. Here we go.
1: When I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today, I go down to the woodshed. Where well, all we do is pick and play Play a song for the underdogs and the happy going lucky Play a song for the Californios and East Kentucky And when I'm feeling like I just don't want to deal with the world today nah, I go down to the woodshed Where well, all we do is pick and play I go down to the woodshed, where I would do is pick and play.
0: Okay, we got Mr. Fritz Hager on the phone. Hey, Fritz, let's, uh, man, let's get to it. It's a little later in the evening for you out there in, in Tennessee. How's it going?
2: Yeah, I'm usually, uh, I'm pretty much a night owl anyway, so it's not a big deal.
0: <laughs> Mo- most musicians are, so I, I get it. Right. Hey, how... How did it make you feel to be selected for American Idol?
2: Yeah, I mean, I always say it—it it was exactly what I needed at the perfect time in my life. I really wasn't doing anything. Uh, I was working a bunch of shitty jobs. Can can I curse on here? Oh yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was working a bunch of shit jobs that I you know that I hated, and. Um, you know, I'd still been doing music sort of on the side, uh, but you know, Tyler, Texas is small and there's not a big music community there. So, you know, I, it it was nice to get some recognition of, you know, someone saying you're doing the right thing, uh, and you should keep doing it, you know?
0: Yeah. It, I can, you know, being in, in this, you know, the industry as a DJ, um, breaking into the club scene, I was, uh, back in the nineties and it was like 90, 91, I was DJing a skating rink and I would call that now I'm not going to say it was a shit job, but it was kind of a shit job. Like, like it was minimum wage. Um, but I, I definitely cut my teeth there and then I was seen, you know, for my like entertainment value by a, by the general manager of, of the hotel that the country bar was located in. And he mm-hmm. approached me and said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for someone part time. Would you would you like to come and, and, and DJ, uh, you know, some of the like the Monday Tuesdays because they were open seven days a week? And I said, yeah, sure. So I was stuck with like the family day because in Oregon um, we we can only have minors in places that have what's called a minors posting, and we had one until nine o'clock at night. And Sundays mm-hmm. was family day, so we would teach young kids line dancing and blah blah blah. Well, man, um, that club launched me and got me into a bunch of other stuff. So that's that's kind of how I got started in radio and you yeah. know so yeah, I mean yeah, Medford's also where we live. It's you know, it's 90,000 people. It's not LA, you know, it's not Nashville, but Right. Anyway, um how has life changed for you looking back to before competing on such a large stage?
2: Well, I mean, I'm able to do music full-time now, okay. which you know, is you know for the longest time you know that was like my dream of just being able to make music being able to live off of that and because truly like i cannot do anything else i'm so bad at so many things (laughs) except for writing songs and singing them so you know it was like so much has changed i moved out to nashville i'm writing every week i'm you know putting out songs um Yeah, like things are really good right now. And I'm excited for the future to see where else things go.
0: Yeah, what's your age? You're pretty young, right? Yeah, I'm 23. 23. Holy cow. I think I've taken shits older than that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a, I have a, an adult son who's 29 and, um, he's, he's also a big dork for pop music, but he also sends me really terrible rap songs and I like hip hop. It's not like that for me. I, I enjoy, like I said, all, all genres of music, especially Mm -hmm. ones that pay me to play them, you know, like as a DJ. (laughs) So anyway, um, what would you say the biggest lesson was for you from being on American Idol?
2: Um, geez, I mean, there's so much, um, there's so many moments that I, you know, I still sort of draw back to, I think that like that show, it really puts you through the ringer in a pretty unique way. Um, no, so I learned a lot about sort of like the industry and sort of how like, like fine tuning writing. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is probably, I mean, just having Mm -hmm. self-confidence. I I went a long time being pretty, like, unrecognizable, unremarkable. And um, that show sort of... It didn't... You know, I I don't want to say it, like, showed me what I'm worth, but, you know, it definitely gave me a boost to be able to say that, like, this is what I'm supposed to do and have confidence in that. And, you know, I think that... Having that confidence in my artistry sort of bleeds into how I live, you know. So that sort of lesson of you know just just knowing like my self worth, knowing my value, um, sort of bleeds out now into everything I do.
0: Didn't you have COVID? Oh yeah, during yeah, I did. Yeah, I have it right now. Actually, the whole house has it. Oh dang! It's we're fine. It's going okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> A funny story about when about covid like when i was on the show i'm i'm actually not sure if i'm supposed to say this i don't think i'll get in trouble i don't think it's a big deal okay um but so they they used my rehearsal footage right and i like did a video call in to the judges for their feedback and stuff and um what you couldn't see is like that whole time like they had sent nurses in um to give us like the iv drip you mm. know that like like the heavy duty stuff And so while I was on that video call, um, right below like my like little name banner, um, I have like an IV drip actively in my arm. (laughs) So I wasn't able to like move my arm. So it was kind of awkward.
0: But yeah, I think about that a lot. What a weird time to be alive. I
2: know, man. I know. Especially like I was such a bummer. And so me and Noah had it and Mm. like, Jeez, we were so stressed out. That was the most nerve-wracking episode for me, for sure. Because, like, there's something about, you know, like, not having control of, like, what's about to happen,
1: mm.
2: you know? So, like, like not not being able to, like, really, like, put my all into a performance. Like, oh, my gosh. And just knowing that and being like, oh, I could have, I, I, like, held back at this point. It would have been so much more impactful and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, that was, it was so, so nerve-wracking.
0: I think that how people would relate to that experience, you know, the, the exact COVID experience of your performance, it, for me at least, is trying to picture while I'm in a studio by myself talking on the radio, and, and trying to picture myself not being alone, <laughs> you know, right. um, being, you know, being able to talk to people and sound like you're talking to people. It probably felt similar to that, you know, where you're you're not on stage, you're in a room on a phone or a tablet or something trying to do your performance. So you don't have that instant gratification of people giving you energy. So that I think that that's that's probably uh the best way to kind of describe it for the layman if you will. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, and like not being able to like read the room or like feel the energy, it's it's tough and like Yeah, man, it was it, it's it's so weird.
0: Well, a true pro a true true pro plays to three people like they would play to 3000. So I think you did well. Right. You know, that that's hard that's really hard. Um it's really hard to stand in a room and feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when, it's, when you're alone. Um, during lockdown here in Oregon, I was DJing on Facebook. I would do live sets every lunchtime, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, and then a Saturday night set. And it, it was tough because I, I was only able to play like unsigned producer house music and you know without you know without getting into licensing issues or just being shut down by facebook because they use shazam and um i'm in my garage trying to dj to nobody (laughs) you know so it's kind of funny um hey who and who from the show are you still in touch with
2: oh a lot um i on a regular basis so i see hunter and noah all the time rad that's cool we're all in nashville um Lee is in Nashville too. I see her every once in a while. She's such a homebody though, so it's rare that I can get her out of the house. But um, and then uh Allegra Miles, um, who's on the show. She's out in LA whenever I'm out there. I always see her. We actually went on tour last year, which was really fun.
0: Don't blink to um, her, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh and then Sage uh McNeely, um who who is also on the show. Um yeah, they're like my I sort of have like my L.A. group and my Nashville group that I bounce between.
0: It's funny that there are so many of y'all from that season in Nashville um, that, that, you know, it makes sense for like Hunter, uh, Hunter Girl and and Noah Thompson. You know, they're they're doing country. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, what what other people don't know about Nashville is once you get off of like Second and Broadway, you're in a you're in a regular city. You know, you're in a in a large city that has a lot of a lot of other things to offer. But Second yeah. and Broadway is where all the country stuff is. And you, you really can't even walk down the street there. Um, yeah. It's kind of nuts. But yeah, we're going in 2025 and it, it's been so many years. Like I said, it was 97 that I was out there. So I imagine I'll be in a bit of a shock when I get to Nashville. If I get mm-hmm. out there, man, I'll, I'll holler at you and see if we can go grab a soda or a beer or whatever you want to throw down, um, when I'm out in Nashville. <laughs> so yeah, man, please do. I'll yeah. do it. Um, no, yeah. Nashville's an
2: interesting place. Cause like, obviously it's very country dominated, but you, there's a lot of room for, you know, other things. And like country writers are beasts. Oh yeah. You know, and they don't always write country. like, I mean, there's a lot of country here, but you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Camino. They're a pretty big like indie rock band that's based out of Memphis, I believe. Um, you know, there's a bunch of writers here that write like K-pop and stuff too. Like it's it's really everything. Um, so there's there's sort of a little there's a pocket for, you know, every musician that moves out here.
0: My, I've got a friend from here that that uh, is working the Nashville circuit. His name is Cam Pierce. Um, he's he is definitely a country singer, but it's funny because Cam's done like he's DJ dubstep. He's played rock. He's you know he can play just about anything, but he's really shining doing country. And um, it's been a lot of fun watching him grow. He was actually my first episode. And we've done we've done a lot. We were roommates back in the day, but we've done quite a few oh, things cool. together. And then I interviewed um, Brian Frazier. He's a country guy out there that mm-hmm. has a huge love for things like Creed and Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, a lot of fun. Um, because you've had some interactions with Lionel Richie, I, I have mm-hmm. to ask you this one question. Okay, go for it. How long does how long can Lionel Richie do it? Oh, what? Is, what do you mean? How long can Lionel Richie do it? All like, night long. Oh. All night. <laughs> all night. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's my really bad dad joke for Lionel Richie. <clears throat> if you're if you're still, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I'll edit that out. 1838. Hmm. Anyway, um, if you're in touch with Lionel, you can tell him I said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which judge would you say was your biggest cheerleader throughout the? Experience,
2: uh, definitely Katy Perry. I mean, like from from my first audition, basically, like she got me through. She gave me a bunch of good advice during my first one, and then every performance after that, she stood up for, Rad. which was amazing for me. And you know, she she's just the best.
0: She's the best. I really love Luke Bryan. Just so you know, yeah, yeah. I people give him out here in Oregon, the country fans think they're harder than they actually are as far as like (laughs) country. And, and to give you an example, whenever professional bull riders would come through or rodeo guys, um, he, we have a, a rodeo stop here that gets you points to move on to the national finals rodeo in Vegas. So it's a big deal. It's actually the home of the only perfect bull ride. It's a hundred point bull ride. The central point, Oregon, where I live, it, it, it has that rodeo, the only guy who made the perfect bull ride. And so we would get those guys in, in our bar, the, the rock and rodeo. And the locals would be like, man, play Garth Brooks. And the, the bull riders are like, can you play some Metallica? Maybe some two live crew, you know, some rap, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So, um, the, the country fans that I know are like, Oh, Luke Bryan, all he does is shake his ass and wear tight jeans. I'm like, he writes, really fun songs and he just looks like a guy that's out there for a good time. So I, I enjoy him. And of course, growing up in the eighties, you know, listening to Lionel Richie when I was a kid. So he speaks to me with his music and because of my big dumb heart for pop music, obviously I, I'm a fan of Katy Perry. Um, Mm -hmm. but getting back to you, I want to play a song. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's talk um, before we play it. Talk to me about "Bad Friend." How did how did you come up with that?
2: So I was in L.A. I want to say around a year ago. Uh, this song's been sitting here for a while. Um, I was in L.A. I was writing with um, a, a writer now artist uh, Ilsey Juber. Uh, she just had she just put out a solo project, which is amazing. People should go check it out. Um, she's written with a bunch of people. I was super excited to get in the room with her. Uh, and then drew Pearson who, um, I've done a bunch of stuff with now. Um, and he, he wrote, uh, hearts aligned, which was my single that I dropped while I was on the show. Okay. So we got connected. We all got in a room. Um, and I think I was, I'm trying to remember exactly how, it all sort of came to be, but I think I was just thinking a lot about old relationships. Um, because like after the show, a lot of them changed, uh, like some for the better, some not so much. Um, so I was just sort of reflecting on, you know, past relationships like from high school and even before that, and sort of how, uh, how confusing, love can be how confusing relationships can be in general um and yeah we just sort of dove into it got real heavy uh and that song happened
0: all right well let's play bad friend
1: headlights out on a one-way drive from our own advice say to you, darling don't think twice We were dancing out on a frozen lake Waiting for the ice to break We just never knew that our love had weight I kept pulling on the cords You needed me and I needed more It was my fault that you cut it off Guess I read it wrong What a waste of it all Another shot to take.
0: Hey, Fritz, um, describe for me your creative process. It, it, is it something that you, at first, do you start out riffing on the guitar, or do you start with a lyrical idea, or is it mm. kind of both? How does that go?
2: Uh, it's, it's a mix, but usually uh, I start on guitar. Um, I, you know, that was, uh, I started playing guitar, uh, I want to say like 10 years ago now. Um, and I, like during my first lesson, I learned four chords and I went home and I immediately started writing. So guitar has always been a very important part of my process. Um, I think, but you know, it always depends, you know, inspiration comes in a million different ways, uh, for me, often it comes easiest with the guitar part, but you know, I'll, I'll be like in a room, and like the other day, I was in a write, and uh, one of the guys was like, "Hey, let's write a song about snow globes," and we were like,
1: "Snow globes, <laughs> like what?"
2: And we were like, "Okay, let's try and make it work," and we ended up writing this dope song. So, like, you know, it, it it's it comes from a bunch of a bunch of different places, you know.
0: It's. That's cool, man. Um, I want to hear Snowglobe, so when it's out, I'll be looking for it. <laughs> I follow, oh, you yeah. <laughs> on, follow you on Spotify. It's going to be easy. Um, how do you separate yourself from other artists that are like, similar to what you do?
2: Hmm. That's, a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because the music industry right now, and I think art in general, right, is all cyclical. Mm. Um, everything's derivative from some other thing, you know? And so for me, I just try and be as honest as I can. Um, because, you know, there's only a limited amount of chords that people can use, especially like in pop Mm.
1: There's
2: a limited amount of words in the English language. So all that I can really do is say exactly what I would say that's the only way that it's going to be unique to anything else, you know, like just doing exactly what you want to do. And that goes with, you know, I think with all art, like, and it's really interesting now sort of seeing how, um, you know, there's, you see like a new lawsuit every week saying that like Mm. someone stole someone's song, all this stuff. When in reality, I mean, like, like everything is so derivative of something else yeah that's how like people develop their sound that's how they get inspired is by listening to other types of music other artists you know and so you know the the only way to truly be unique is to take that inspiration and just do what you would do
0: i i want to praise you for using the word cyclical in this interview. (laughs) I'm not even kidding that I'm 52 and that's the second time in my entire life that I've heard that word in conversation. So good job. Good job, Fritz. Thank you. Way to put your big boy pants on for this (laughs) podcast. Uh, uh, Good points. Um, Describe for me what your fans are like.
2: Oh, my fans are great. Um, it's sort of interesting after coming off the show, um, you know, I, I, it's sort of like two groups, right? So I have the, I have the fans that like the show and I have the fans that like me. Um, and yeah, I love them both. I, you know, I'm, I'm not about to complain about anything because I mean, you know, everyone that still supports me is the only reason why I'm able to do what I do. Mm, So, right. Um, but you know, it's always nice to really like see the diehards, you know, that, that are just really into what I'm doing. And I think that part of the draw is that, you know, I'm changing so much, like I'm relatively new to the music industry. Like it's only been like a year, a year and a half now, since I've really been like diving into it and putting up songs and stuff. And, um, I've changed so much and my music is constantly changing. So I, you know, it's, it's cool to, I, I like to think that a lot of my fans enjoy seeing how things like how I'm changing, how I'm growing and,
0: you know, we're sort
2: of growing together.
0: Mm. I, uh, man, having, having people there for your ride is super cool um, yeah. outside looking in, you know, because I'm just a guy that watched it on TV and now we're talking on the podcast. So it's a lot of fun. Um, do you have like a pre-show ritual that you do to get warmed up and ready, get juiced up if you will?
2: Oh man. Um, I usually drink a beer.
0: Hey, all right. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never, I, I don't like to eat before. it's mostly just cause like, I don't know, I don't wanna like burp while I like in the mic while I'm on. But stage. you have
0: a beer, so like that's like the lead <laughs> thing for burping.
2: Beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a great. little yeah, maybe, yeah. But um in terms of rituals, I don't know. I you know, I just try and ground myself a little bit and mm. you know, because, you know, every time I want I love performing live and every time I'm on stage I wanna make it sort of a special moment for people. Um so I try and like ground myself in the moment, you know, take a couple deep breaths. Yeah, that's pretty much it, though. I mean, uh, yeah, just trying to be in that moment with people, I think, is the most important thing for me.
0: Do you? Um, do you have any stops coming up in 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 or around Oregon? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll be watching. Um, we please live. Do, yeah. We live. I'll like, let you know. Yeah, please do. We live about thirty miles from the California border. On I-5. So I-5 is, you know, it connects Mexico to Canada. So, you know, we drive down to I-5 every summer and vacation in Santa Barbara. So we get down to like Ventura and then up into Santa Barbara um, for a week. But yeah, we're not, we're only about 10 hours from L.A. And then it's, you know, once you get to L.A., it's like three hours everywhere else. (laughs) So (laughs) anyhow, um, I'm going to play another song. So this one's Caroline. Talk, talk about how that one came about.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this is, it's sort of tying back into like, you know, inspiration comes from a million different places. This song was kind of an accident, really. Um, so I was, I was writing, it was with Drew Pearson again. And uh, Francisco Martin, who was on the show in 2020, um, we connected after I was on the show. We've written a bunch of songs together. We wrote this one. He wrote Hearts line too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all sort of, you know, everything is, like, that's sort of been the big connection uh, since I've been on the show. But, um, yeah, so, like, we were writing, and we were all just sort of, like, like, Francisco was on the drums. I was on guitar. I think Drew was, like, playing bass or something. We were just trying to write a song sort of band style, you know. And um, our – I think, yeah, so Francisco's, uh, like, manager's assistant was texting him. Her name's Carolyn, and um, was, like, texting him about posting on socials or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, And he just said, like, oh, Carolyn, and he just sort of, like, yelled it. And I thought that he was singing, "Caroline," And I was like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That is so sick. Like, that's the song. Like, that's where we need to start. And he was like, oh, okay. And he didn't tell me that it was a total accident until I think like two weeks later when we ended up playing it live for the first time. Um, But, yeah, like a total accident. Um, And as soon as that happened, you know, I feel like we put a name to like sort of what the story would be. I like writing stories and songs like, you know. And, um, yeah, as soon as we got the name, everything just sort of fell into place.
0: All right, let's play
1: it. Must have been a long night drinking Woke up to a different ceiling. Clothes are on the floor. From the bed to your front door. Five o'clock and you're still asleep. Save it.
0: Hey Fritz, you you mentioned one of your uh, pre show rituals is beer, like having a beer before you start. What do you what do you have? What kind of beer do you like?
2: Um, I'm big on Blue Moon's right now. Um, okay. that's sort of my go to. But I've you know I've really I'm kind of becoming a wine guy. Oh, I'm getting into wine recently. Yeah, I uh, last year I took a trip up to Napa Valley, and um, it it was for like some, uh, sink thing, uh, going up there, playing, a, playing a couple of songs for people. It's like a business thing. And while I was up there, I felt so bad because we were drinking a bunch of great wine and I couldn't tell that it was great. <laughs> I just felt like, I was like, God it's damn fine. it, okay, cool. i not what I'm tasting right now. <laughs> so I've been trying, I'm, I'm planning on going back up there pretty soon. So I'm, I'm trying to get my palate, you know,
0: there's a lot of wine here where we live really a lot. Yes. There's so many vineyards around my wife enjoys wine. We're, we're kind of whiskey people now, but she'll Uh drink wine on occasion, but it used to be, you know, more wine than anything else for her. But yeah, we have a lot of wine here in Southern Oregon. Um, it's kind of, you know, being billed as the Napa Valley of our area kind of, Mm. you know, people say that, Mm -hmm. Um, but hey, are you still seated? Because I'm about to ask you the most serious questions on the podcast.
2: I uh, I am. Okay, I am okay. I'm embracing myself actively.
0: Okay, good. Because it's very important that you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, myself and my audience need to know a couple things about you, Fritz. Uh, a couple unmusic, you know, not music related. I think I made up unmusic um, just now, but m- not music related questions. Um, are you like a sociopath that eats string cheese a bite at a time or do you pull it apart and eat it like a regular person?
2: oh geez if you don't pull it apart <laughs> it's called string cheese it's reason. called string cheese like I don't take a bite I don't take a bite that's messed up
0: i I'll have to tell you that until I met my wife Suzette, I would just bite the the cheese I would just just oh. yummy it down that way, and then it's really funny how she's like, "Why are you doing it that way?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? Doesn't even matter." She's like, "Oh yeah, pull it apart," and I pull it apart, and it completely changes the taste of the cheese. Yeah, it's a different
2: flavor. It's yeah. like
0: transformative. It's crazy. Also, another great word, Fritz. Transformative. You're doing good. Good job. <laughs> good job. I've been
2: I've been working on my vocabulary. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get more. uh, I'm trying to make my songs a little more, uh, uh, well, now my vocabulary is fa- failing me. Hey, you're completely. fine. You're fine. You're- I'm trying to make my songs deep and introspective. And okay.
0: Shit. Uh, and shit. <laughs> Good stuff. So the other question here is, um, why is pineapple the best topping for pizza?
2: Okay. Okay. I see what you're doing. Um, I, I actually – I really don't mind it, right? <laughs> I know it's a big thing, but I genuinely think that people who say like, why would you ever pull pineapple on pizza? I'm not sure if that many people have actually tried it because it can be really, really, really good.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't I've have had, to go with Canadian bacon every time. It can go on other things.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like, like having a grill – like not a lot of people grill fruit. Mm. Keeps, okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never grilled a fruit before, you should go do it right now. Fire up the grill, grill a fruit. Doesn't matter what it is, and you'll you'll see it's like a different thing. It's kind of like string cheese. Oh,
0: you know? okay. I look. I I have grilled pineapple. I have grilled peaches. I have grilled fruit, and it it changes. You know, it's like rendering fat in meat. Right, fat and meat right. is where a lot of the flavor comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I think my wife might be a little crazy in the head because she doesn't like fatty meats and I'm like, just give me all the fat I'll eat. (laughs) But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think that you definitely need to go fire up the grill right now. Take the podcast with you and grill some pineapple or whatever fruit you got. Um, oh shoot. I had another one. I, I normally write all my questions, but something popped up earlier during the interview, That I feel fits into the most serious questions. Oh, not really a question, um, but a little bit of music trivia for you. You were talking about, um, and it was before we mentioned, oh, it was cyclical. We were talking about cyclical and now, you know, transformative and you're trying to grow your vocabulary through your music, rah, rah, rah. Do you know the recording artist that has been measured scientifically for using the most words of any recorded music? Do you know who it is?
2: huh the most words
0: the biggest vocabulary in music is by a rapper it's m m right nope it's e40
2: whoa no way
0: yeah and some of the words you can't measure them because they're Ugh. you know they're like this little right. you know he says things like yaper that's not a word but anyway um last question i'm gonna go ahead and skip the uh, third silly question because no one likes wet socks it's all that's all good um, (laughs) how can my audience connect with you?
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, you can listen to all my stuff on Spotify, Apple music, YouTube, wherever you get music. Um, all my socials is Fritz Hager music it's all the same. Uh, so you can check me out there. I'm also live on Twitch every once in a while. Um, I'm a, I play a ton of video games in my spare time and I figured like might as well, like, stream it to people. So if I'm live on Twitch, come say hi, if, you know, whatever.
0: That's cool. You, you seem like you like the interaction with, with folks. So I appreciate it. Fritz, have a wonderful evening. Keep doing what you're doing. We really enjoy it. And, and thanks for doing what you're doing. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. You guys, It was it. a pleasure. Okay. Well, that was fun. Thank you for listening to Welcome to the Woodshed Podcast. It's a you know it's about stuff and talking to people who do stuff. Um, I want you to share this thing, grab the link and send it to people. You know you can grab it on Spotify, on Apple Music, on iHeartRadio. Um, it's everywhere. It's on Amazon. It's on Pandora. It's everywhere podcasts are. So thank you for tuning in and listening to Fritz Hager talk about his stuff. Music is the stuff. <laughs> One time for the sponsors, I want to thank Royal Coffee Roasting, A Look Design, and Moxley Media. We'll see you next time with another exciting interview. All right, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.